tonight, uh, Pastor is uh, preaching tonight in Arizona, and uh, I'm preaching here in O'Fallon and uh, here in Missouri, and we are, uh, I'm excited about that, and he sends his love, he texts me before service, and he sends his love, and is ready to be back home, and we're ready to have him back home. He'll be traveling back in on Saturday, so if we can just remember him in prayer uh, for safe travels, I know that he would greatly appreciate that. Uh, tonight, I want to uh, I want to bring to you um, a it could be a simple message, probably is a simple message, um, something that a lot of times I my comfort zone is to be um, in a in a place where I'm I'm I feel real preachy. I'm uh, I like to I like to find places in the sermon where I can elevate a little bit and 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 and. Uh, uh, be dynamic at times, but tonight I just I have just a simple thought, and uh, I even on my even on my title here on my uh, on my notes I, I I just have something real simple written down there. First um, Corinthians sixteen and fourteen. First Corinthians sixteen and fourteen. Very short a portion of scripture. Very short scripture in itself says, "Let all that you do be done in love." Let all that you do be done in love. The clock, for whatever reason, is very wrong. It says that it's 11.30 right now. If that were so, maybe we were in a midnight watch service. Uh, but it's, uh, it's 11.30 according to that. I want to I uh, try to try to keep that, that in mind and uh, try to be done by 12. <laughs> so... Maybe that in literal time or maybe according to that clock. We'll just see what happens in the Holy Ghost tonight. Amen. Um, this week, this week, uh, whether you guys realized it or not, some of you, uh, you really helped me in uh, putting together what it is that I, that I was wanting to uh, speak about tonight. Um, as we were, well, I'll, I'll go back to Sunday night. Sunday night uh, during our pre-service uh, meeting, and those of you who don't know, a lot of times the reason why uh, those that are involved in the service are missing, and my pastor, myself, a few others, uh, before services we meet and we go over service uh, schedule and uh, talk about how, how the service is going to play out. And, uh, and then uh, we pray over the service and we get into a, a season of prayer before we come up here to uh, lead the church into worship and uh, towards whatever God wants to do in this place. And Sunday night, during our pre-service meeting there was a request for prayer from uh, someone that was on our team for anxiety and for fear and Sunday night during the message by Brother Buford Elder Brother Buford as he was speaking what an incredible word he left us with Sunday night uh, he asked the question what would you do if I could remove all fear from you and during our prayer meeting last night and I just want to say thank you to those of you who took the time last night to come and to be part of our uh, our all-church prayer meeting last night. I believe our total count was 58 that was in attendance. What an incredible turnout. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, we were here for, for a while just, uh, I would seriously just pray, like fervently praying over, over ministries and areas of the church. And uh, I believe that it, it really made it, is making a difference, is going to make a difference this year in, uh, in, in the church, the way that we do things, and, and uh, just really set the tone for the year. And we really appreciate those who were able to make it. And we understand that it's, it's in the middle of the week, it's a school night that some of you were not able to. We understand that. But those who were able, 
thank you so much for being here. But while we were while we were doing that, we we had different people come up and and uh, that that represented different ministries and departments of the church, and and they would begin to to give a a, a devotion, if you will, of uh, of of that area that they were representing. And, uh, and then they led in some focused prayer over areas that they felt that that, uh, that, that ministry needed, needed prayer over. And at least two that I remember, there, there might have been more, but two that stood out to me mentioned fear needing to be cast out in, uh, in, in their, their ministries and the areas that they were representing. And they asked that it be replaced with a boldness from God to cast out fear and to replace it with the boldness from God. After the prayer meeting, I was approached by one of our faithful members of the church mentioning that he had noticed a trend recently within our services and that fear being mentioned along with anxiety in our services. And it kind of reminded me and let me know that I'd already made a mental note of that and, and it, it let me know that I wasn't just being weird or whatever, but that other people had noticed that as well. And... Uh, I, before before this gentleman came up and talked to me, I'd already made up in my mind around this front here that tonight I wanted to preach on fear and and, and love, and, uh, and and that was just kind of uh, the the deciding factor that yes, this is the direction that God was trying to take us. And you know, the thing is that there are in life there are some some rational fears that people have. Someone once said that. You can see great fear through the windshield of a vehicle that has the paper student driver in the back glass. That it's not the fear of the face of the driver, but that of the passenger. That's a rational fear to have. Student driver in the vehicle. It's, it's okay to, to be a little bit afraid of what may happen while that person is driving. Some fears could be considered a little irrational. An irrational fear. I, uh, my beautiful beloved wife today is our anniversary of nine years and uh, they're giving that hand to you for putting up with me for nine years Danielle has a has a uh, fear of, of two things that I, I consider somewhat irrational fears uh, a fear of clowns and a fear of frogs both of which I, I thought brought great joy as a child clowns obviously I, I don't know if anybody else got up on Sunday mornings and and watched Bozo the Clown all right that that was something that I I, I enjoyed doing and uh, frogs you know what little boy does not enjoy playing with frogs and oh we got another one in the back another little girl in the back in the all right there we go all right amen uh, but there, there's this fear that she had and, and and it's legitimate fears I I'll tell you that that while we were dating, one time I was on the phone with her, and uh, she was in Chicago, and I was here in Missouri, and um, she was talking to me on the phone. And you know, don't kill me later, okay? I'm just, I, I, I need, I need this space to feel here. Uh, <laughs> I, I, uh, I was talking to her on the phone, and I remember uh, she. We're, I don't even know what we're talking about. We're talking about how much we missed each other or something. I, I don't know. When's the next time you're coming down? And she starts screaming and I can hear like wind in the phone and I'm like what is going on and she's like I was at the grocery store and I'm, I'm outside now everything's okay but I turned the corner and there was a clown in the aisle 
it was Halloween, I think, and there was a clown in the aisle of the grocery store. She leaves her cart. She leaves everything that she's doing. I believe she dropped something and ran, not just out of the aisle, not just out of the vicinity or out of the area. She ran out of the store into the parking lot because there was a clown in the aisle with her. She was afraid of those. That's, to me, a, a kind of an irrational fear, but to her, it's, it's real. We were in, what country were we in, Danielle? Nicaragua. And uh, I found this very large Nicaraguan bullfrog. Big thing. And we're, we were on a beach, I think, and, and I, I picked up this frog, and I told uh, Elder Levine, I said, Danielle's afraid of frogs. Watch this. And uh, I, we weren't married yet. We were just still just dating. She probably should have picked up a sign from this and left then. But I picked up this frog, and I was like, I'm going to scare her with this. And I turn around, and I show it to her, and this big, gnarly-looking frog is looking at her. And she takes off running. We are in Nicaragua on the beach. It's dark. And she takes off running from the group into a crowd of people that she does not know in a country she does not live in, speaking a language that she does not speak. But she felt that that place was much safer than the place where the frog was. It was, to me, an irrational fear. It doesn't make sense. But to the person that has that fear, it's very real, right? It's very real. The fear is very real. I, I can't think of anything that I'm really afraid of. You know, I'm, I'm a man. <laughs> I, I, I could say, I could say, man. I can say maybe that I'm afraid of the dark. But I wouldn't say that I'm necessarily afraid of the dark, but necessarily what may be in there that I can't see. The things that hide in the dark of night. Amen. I most of the time have a flashlight with me everywhere I go. And if not, they have done this wonderful thing of putting lights in our cell phones now that I can use at very short distances. Those who hold the fear, it is very real to them. And it affects them in a very real way. Thank you for the spotlight there, brother. There are some fears that we can all understand, though. There are many people that, that fear death, that have a fear of death. Most all humans have a fear of failure. We can all say at times that we have had a fear of rejection that has been in our life. We just recently, over, uh, over Christmas, I went to uh, Chicago and we spent Christmas with uh, my wife's family, my in-laws, and uh, we were eating breakfast, getting ready to leave that day, and uh, there was a, uh, my nephew, Corey, I don't think he's going to watch the live stream, we're good, he, he likes this young lady that was at the cash register checking people out, and we kept trying to get him to go and talk to her. And, uh, and just, you know, he, he went up, he offered to take everybody's check and go and pay the bill. So he went up there several times. and But he never would ask her, you know, for her number or whatever, I don't know, Snapchat or something, whatever it is that y'all do now to let the other person know I'm interested in you. And I can only think that maybe it was because of a fear of rejection. What if he let her know in a, in a moment of vulnerability, lets her know, I, I think you're cute. I think you're, you know, I, I want your number or whatever. And, and she says, no, you know, you're weird. Get out of my face. Whatever she would say to him, I never had those things said to me, so I'm not sure how that works. But uh, 
I love you, Danielle. Uh, but there's a fear that I imagine that came over him that kept him from going and professing his love for this young lady that was a fear of rejection. What if she says no? What if she doesn't like me? There was a fear that could be tied to that. If we aren't careful, we can allow fear and anxiety to run or to ruin our life. Here's what the Bible has to say about this. Fear and anxiety is not of God or part of His plan. Fear is not part of God's plan for our life. Anxiety is not of God and is not part of His plan for our life. Fear is first introduced after the fall of man. We find where Adam and Eve are walking uh, with God in the cool of the day, that they have a relationship with Him. And after they fall away from God, the Bible says that they go and they hide from Him. In Genesis 3 and 10, whenever uh, uh, God speaks out to Adam, Adam says, I heard the sound of you in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. It's the first time where we see human beings, mankind being afraid in fear. And it's after the man had, had sinned and fallen away from God. It, fear was not of God. Whenever they were in the paradise, whenever they were in the place of relationship with God, there was no fear there with them. It was after they had fallen away and sin was introduced into their life that they began to have fear and anxiety of God. 2 Timothy 1 and 7, for God gave us a spirit, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind, or the ESV of self-control. Philippians 4 and 6, do not be anxious about anything. That's easy to say. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. It's letting us know that, that we should not be anxious or in fear. Why? Because we can bring our request to God and that He hears our cries. Psalm 27 and 1, David has a lot of things to say about fear and about love. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Psalm 56 and 3, when I am afraid... I put my trust in you. That whenever fear comes on my life, because it will at times, it's part of being a human being. Whenever fear comes upon my life, I will put my trust in you, O Lord. 1 Peter 5 and 7, casting all your anxieties on him because he cares for you. All of your anxieties on him because he cares for you for you over and over in the scripture we find I could sit here for the entirety of the time that I have to speak and, and read you scripture after scripture that tells us do not fear do not be afraid fear not do not be anxious be anxious of nothing it goes over and over and over in the scripture telling us do not fear and do not be anxious so while I have spent a lot of time here talking about fear this actually has it, it does have something to do, but it's not exactly what I want to talk about tonight. It's not the focus that I want to have. The focus that I want to have is the opposite of fear, which is not courage. The opposite of fear is not strength. It is not boldness. The opposite of fear is love. 
Love is greater than fear. Can you put that slide up for me? Love is greater than fear. That's the alligator eating the greater thing for those of you who learned that in school. Love is greater than fear. Karl Barth, a famed theologian, was once asked, what is the greatest thought that you ever had? And I believe that this guy being a famed theologian, that they were waiting to hear some, some incredible words, some, something that he had dug out of Scripture, that he had spent time really thinking about. What is the greatest thought that you had ever had? And his answer was, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. The greatest thought that this theologian had was that Jesus loves him, that there is a love that comes from God that the Bible tells us of. Love is the most important attribute of God that we can possess. The two greatest commandments that we have is number one, love God and love others. Love God and love others. 1 Corinthians 16 and 14 says, Let all that you do be done in love. First John 4 and 8, Anyone who does not love does not know God because God is love. First Peter 4 and 8, Above all, keep loving one another earnestly since love covers a multitude of sins. I believe that in the moments of even in Jesus' life, yes, Jesus, God robed in flesh, the God with us, Emmanuel, God with us, that, that as Jesus the man, we understand that he was all man and all God, that Jesus the man, as he goes into the garden before uh, his crucifixion and he begins to plead and he uh, sweats drops of blood and, and he's pleading, take this cup from me. I believe that it was probably in the man Jesus had some fear of what he was about to face, some anxiety of what was about to happen in his life, wanting nothing more than to be removed from the pain that he was about to face. But I tell you that it was the love of God. Remember, all man and all God. That as the man was in anxiety and having fear about what was about to happen at crucifixion, that it was the love of God that cast out that fear, replacing it with a boldness, a strength, and, and courage, and understanding, allowing the man Jesus to offer himself as a sacrifice for our sins. That while the man was in fear, that the Spirit of God allowed love to flow for you and I that allowed the man to have boldness and strength and courage and understanding to do what needed to be done to save the world. Everything that we do must be done in love. You see, it is love that we will, where we will see God operate. It is through love where we will see God operate in our lives. It is in love that we will be used of God. It is in love that we will see prodigals return home. We're going to talk about that in, the, in a moment. Last night, we put up a, uh, a, a jar back there for, uh, for pro, to put prodigals' names in, and others could draw that out and begin to pray for them. It is through love that we will see the prodigals return home. It is in love that we will evangelize this world. I want to let you know that it's important for us to understand that in the church, for the gifts to be in operation 
in our church that we must operate in love. 1 Corinthians 12 and 1. Now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. He continues to explain that there is a spirit of wisdom, a spirit of knowledge, of faith, of healing, of uh, another of miracles, another of prophecy, discerning of spirits and various kinds of tongues, interpretation of tongues, all given by the same Spirit, appointing as He wills. There's an explanation of what the gifts of the Spirit is. He explains the importance of all the gifts working together for the unifying of the body. And then in chapter 14, we go from 12 to chapter 14, we find Paul explaining how to use the gifts, and most importantly, the gift of prophecy, how it should be used. Sandwiched in between chapter 12 of what the gifts are and chapter 13 or chapter 14 of how to use that gift. Chapter 13, sandwiched in between the two, is love. Because in order for us to operate in the gifts, in order for us to operate the way that God has intended for us in this church, we must operate through love. That the gifts, we can understand what they are. But in order for us to get to 14 and begin to use them, they must travel through love. 1 Corinthians 13. It's helping us to understand that for us to be used of God, for us to do the work that He has appointed for us to do, it will only be done in love. That for us to prophesy, for us to speak according to God, that we must speak according to love. Secondly, the love... First and most importantly, operating through love assures that we are operating according to God's will and not our own. Whenever we operate through love, it makes sure that we are according that we are operating according to God and not just according to us. And secondly, the love will cast out the fear that hinders us from operating in the gifts. We've got to make sure that our our mind is set up on Him, but also, but also that we let that love cast out the fear that keeps us from doing the things that God has called us to do. God is love. If we want to act through God, we must act through love. When God prompts us to pray for someone, fear says, don't do that. What if people see you? What if, what if people think something about you? What, what if you got it wrong? What if, what if, what if? love says let me operate through you to help someone else in the body love says I care more about them than I do about myself so people can look if they want I can have the fear of getting it wrong if I want but love is going to overcome that fear and because I love you Brother Peters, if I get a word for you because I love you, you're my elder, and there's something that's going to come over me going, can you speak to your elder? Like, Shouldn't the elder speak to you? There's things that's going to come over your mind that's going to give you fear, anxiety about doing the things that God has called us to do. But if we operate through love, my, my, the love of God will say, I love him more than I'm in fear that I'm wrong or out of place, and I'm going to do what God has called me to do. If we operate through love. There are many dreams that I believe that are snuffed out in fear. Dreams and passions that people have that, that, that are taken away because of fear within the church. 
In the story of Joseph, we always see ourselves as Joseph, the one with the dream, the one with the plan, the one with the hand of God upon us. That if, if anyone gets in our way, that they must be against us. But there can only be in the story one Joseph. But there are ten other brothers that fake his death, that throw him into a pit and sell him into slavery. Sometimes the fear that people have for coming forward with their God-given ideas, dreams, and gifts is how will it be accepted by my brothers? How will it be accepted by those around me, my brothers and sisters in Christ? Sometimes you are the Joseph. Sometimes you have the dream. Sometimes you have the calling of God. Sometimes you have that thing upon you. But other times, if we are not careful, we can be the brothers. That as someone mentions, I have a dream, I have, I have a vision, I have, I have a calling, I have something that I want to do. There's maybe a fear that comes over them. How will that be accepted by my brothers, by my sisters? We need to allow the love of God to flow through us so that there is no fear within this house. That there is no fear within the church. There is no fear within the body, within our families. That gives a freedom for people to act upon what God is telling someone to do. The calling that God has put upon their life. The dream that God has given them. The vision that has been placed upon them. That we not snuff that out with fear of how will my brother react. But as Anthony comes to one of us, comes to me, comes to one of you and says, man, I, I, gotta feel, I feel called to preach. I want to do this. I, I, I've, I've got a dream that my P7 is going to be huge, that all of these things are going to happen, that, that God's got a plan on my life, that we be the brothers that would say, that's great, Anthony. Come on, let me help you out with that. I believe in you. I believe that you can do that. I believe in your dream." instead of having fear that we may be pushed aside or or taken away because of our dream of our dream there's many i told you we would get into prodigals in just a moment there's many prodigals that i believe do not return home because of fear because of fear in the story of the prodigal son we find that the father is love He's the epitome of love. He, is, he has the heart of a father, the heart of God. The father waited every day watching for his son to return. The father never left. He never packed up and went anywhere else. The father, whenever the son returns, welcomes the son home. He kills the fatted calf. He throws a party. He puts a ring upon his finger, and he calls him his son. The father is love. The fear is meeting back up with the brothers. Meeting back up with the brothers and sisters, if you will. That as the prodigal begins to, to, to return home, that he's going to run into a brother that's angry, that doesn't believe that they belong anymore, that doesn't believe that they should be welcomed back with open arms because they had gone and, and, and lived vicariously. They lived this, this crazy life that, that lived a way that we do not believe that we should live. 
Why should we allow them home? And I, I, I know that this is a loving church, and I know that that most, if not all of you, are like, who would act that way towards a prodigal returning home? Even if we wouldn't, there is a fear sometimes with the prodigal that that's how they would be received back into the home. Let us be a church. Let us be a people, a body, a family that, that dispels that fear. A loving church, a loving body, a loving group, a loving brother and sister that, that allows the prodigal to know if I go home, they're going to love me. They're going to be right out there with dad killing the fatted calf. They're going to put, be putting the robe on me. They're going to be putting my ring on. They're going to be putting their arm around me saying, this is my brother. Look at my brother. He came back home. Let us be that people. We've got to be careful as the brothers and sisters of those who have fallen away that we create a space where they are welcome to return home. That we allow the perfect love of Christ to operate within us and allow it to drive out any fear within their heart. If we're going to reach the world, it's going to be done in love. When we see someone on the street, there's an unction that comes over us sometimes that says, go and talk to that person. We don't, though, because of fear. This was one of the things Brother Hera had mentioned last night, that whenever we go and we're evangelizing the world, we're reaching the world, the thing that we were called to do, that many times we do not because of fear because of fear and anxiety that we have a fear of of really anything you could uh, whenever it comes to whenever it comes to outreach whenever it comes to knocking doors and doing bible studies and things like that we can find just about a fear of anything they got a white picket fence i'm a little afraid of those things i don't know if i want to go in that front yard their grass is green you know we we can find a fear of just about anything to keep from doing those types of things. But actually, there are real fears, fears of rejection. There's some people that don't want a door closed in their face. There's some people that don't want to feel dumb whenever they say, no, get away from here. What will they think of me? What will they say? Young people, this is, this is something that you deal with. I dealt with it. We've all dealt with it. In school, we got to have this, this, this balancing thing between being cool and being what God's called us to be. If I go into the locker room and I start talking to the guys about God, what will they think of me? What will they say? How will they react? So maybe you're just a little afraid that they may actually want to know more about God. Now you've got to answer questions, the hard ones. What cast out the fear that we have when evangelizing the world? Love. Love cast out all fear. Love cast out all fear. There are many that could teach Bible studies who don't because of fear of what if they ask the question that I don't know? What, what if I sound stupid trying to teach this thing? What, what if they want me to come to their house? What if they want to come to my house? I don't think that I could talk in front of people like that. All of these are fears. And what cast out fear? Love. 
love cast out all fear. If my piano player would come and help me out as I come to a close here tonight. There's some that say, I can't hand out tracks. I can't knock doors. I can't invite my neighbor. If we trace it all back, if we trace it all back, it will be fear, a fear of something that keeps us from doing the one thing that God has called us to do. But there should be a love. There should be a love that operates within us for your family, for your friends, for your neighbors, for those that we go to school with, for those that we work with each and every day that cast out all of those fears. There should be a love for every person that we meet at the grocery store, at our place of work, that we pass every day in the hallway, that cast out the fear of what ifs and replaces it with the boldness. Well, this is where the boldness and the strength and the power comes from. You remember we were talking about Jesus and the boldness and the strength and the power and the authority did not cast out the fear. It was his love for us that casted out the fear of what he was about to go through that gave him the strength to stand up and go and face crucifixion. It is the love for the world around us, our families, our friends, our co-workers. It is the love of the prodigal. It is the love of each of those that we see each and every day that ushers in the boldness to say, can I tell you more about God? that ushers in the strength and gives us the power to do the things that God has called us to do. A love that says, I will face my fear to to see you saved in church, spending eternity in heaven. It is love, it is love that casts out the fear to do all the things that God has called us to do. Whether it's a fear of standing on this platform and singing, standing behind this pulpit and sharing the word, reaching those in the community, teaching Bible studies and knocking doors and handing out tracts and all of those things, just saying a kind word to your neighbor. If it is a fear of standing and lifting your hands in worship, whatever the fear is, love, cast out that fear. Love will cast out that fear. The love of God cast out the fear to stand and lift my hands and worship him because I love him so much I love him so much that I will face the fear I will do that thing it is the love it is love that cast out all of those fears stand with me right now